about to get settled real quick. Make sure this tweet goes out as well. Um, just making sure. There we go. Sweet. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, Lyle will be joining me. Um, maybe you all have heard of him. One of the great Texas Tech wide receivers and co-hosts of the Back to 12 podcast. He'll be on here to talk about this game as well. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But let me get the first request on here. We got Flash Gordon. Hopefully he's not doing this from his job this time. But respect the dedication if he is. Um, hey, man, whenever you're ready to hop on, hop on in. Maybe not. Okay. How you doing? There Sorry about that. There we go. I had to get to the break room. I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> you are at work. Okay. How you doing, man? Good. How are I'm you? Doing pretty good. Getting excited for this game tomorrow. You know, I think it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a. An exciting one. I'm hoping that you know, as rowdy as the fans will be. Obviously, I live in Illinois, so I can't even go there. But like, as rowdy as the fans will be, hopefully they're. You know, nothing stupid goes on, but you know, I expect them to get. Yeah. I expect them to get the worst from them. So you know. I, yeah, as long as there's, you know, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Just as long as you're, you know, not throwing something or putting somebody in, you know, physical harm. Like, I think that that's to be expected. And um, I think, you know, from a outsider's perspective, and I get it to some degree, Texas Tech fans have done themselves no favors um, in this regard, but. Texas Tech fans are perceived as, you know, the worst fans in the Big 12, quote-unquote, or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but I, I think tomorrow night, and it's kind of crazy, too, because, you know, when you have uh, a member say that it's not okay for fans to feel a certain way um, about this whole ordeal, which is just mind-boggling to me, Um you know, it just makes things worse almost. Like, it's crazy to me that the Dallas Morning News had a better article than a local um, media member today in terms of how fans are really trying to portray their feelings. And I, I don't I don't think there is going to be anything crazy tomorrow in the sense of, like, you know, physical kind of stuff, right? Like, they're going to play the basketball game, but I promise you, you're going to hear some things that, um, you know, you probably shouldn't bring children to the game. I'll say that. Um but, I mean, that's to be expected um, after everything Tech fans went through. I mean, I, I think it's properly due. And, you know, as long as you're not throwing a beer at the guy or doing anything like that, have at it. Say what you want to say and hold your peace. Just um, once you draw, you go past that line of verbal, that's where I have the issue. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's going to be an exciting game. Probably, actually not probably, the most exciting game in the history of you know the USA and yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be so intense I can't wait to see how the atmosphere feels just watching it I'll probably be able to watch like a full hour of it all the way and then I'm going to have to be cutting in and out just because I'm going to play basketball myself at nine o'clock so you know <laughs> there you go get it. yes but it's I'm looking forward to it definitely been had this one circled on the calendar ever since April so you know it's just been one of those things that I think everybody at Texas Tech has been waiting for and it's just like you said <clears throat> just like the outside big public and even local people i guess but pretty much unless you've been paying attention to the situation you want to understand this like this but just how much it means to have this like i get like 
it's not necessarily an obsession over the guy because you know he did what he did for us and we've all set our dues like oh yeah you know he's helped us get to the final four and everything like that but you know just the way he exited and everything the way that everything went down it's going to be one of those things yeah. that a lot of people have been waiting for and a lot of people have been waiting for this moment and i mean i can't think of a I mean, I've been watching college basketball since I could walk, and I don't remember any game that could be like the magnitude of this as far as like a rivalry goes. I mean, yeah, both yeah, the I Michigan mean, and Michigan State. Duke, the UNC's and Dukes, those are definitely, but that's kind of just like a written rivalry that's always going on. And pretty much every one of those games is rowdy and stuff like that, but just the meaning behind this one, it's just like to add on to it, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, Texas Tech fans have always viewed Texas as a rival and everything and um, I don't think Texas has viewed us the same way and that's totally fine but um, that's completely changed on April 1st at 9 a.m. 2021 that completely changed this is a legit rivalry on both sides now and if you meet anybody from either side the Texas Tech side or the Texas side and they say this is not a rivalry for both sides First and foremost, they don't know college basketball. Second of all, they don't know what the hell happened. And then third of all, I want to go back to my first point, they don't know college basketball. Exactly. That's simple and plain. This is, this is when you look at strictly college basketball in the Big 12, right? Like the rivalry aspect of it, right now I could make the argument this is the biggest rivalry in the Big 12 because Baylor and Kansas doesn't carry as much weight, right? Texas and Oklahoma doesn't carry as much weight. Um, in basketball strictly talking about men's basketball you could argue that texas Tech in texas right now is the biggest rivalry in the big 12 and i don't know if there's anything particularly close um you know again the, the first one that comes to mind is baylor and kansas because they're so good right now um but that that doesn't have much weight behind it baylor in texas doesn't have much weight behind it when you insert the storyline of coach beard and what he did to Texas Tech to go to Texas' alma mater in that video he said yesterday, he actually wasn't lying for the first, like, 40 seconds. Then I was like, oh, there's the Chris Beard we know with the last 20. Um, and he just lied out of his fucking teeth. Um, but anyway, this is probably the biggest rivalry in the Big 12. You think about it. I, I, I'm going through all the scenarios in my head right now. I definitely could be missing one. But what's closest? Like, I, 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 don't, I can't think of one personally. Um, and again, is this the same rivalry as last year? Hell no. But April 1st at 9 a.m. in 2021 changed everything for this rivalry, and it will be a rivalry until Coach Beard is no longer in Texas, however the hell long that is, or whatever may years. happen. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, right? But, I mean, again, this might just be me being too close to the situation, and I can admit there's a little bit more bias with this because – I spent time with that guy, like, Coach Beard, you know, like, we, uh, when I was at KTXT, we covered that. Like, we went and we, we got to spend time with Coach Beard. Like, we went to those press conferences and, like, we interacted with him and everything. And it, it, it feels different. I can't even imagine what, you know, a player like Kevin McCullough or Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, feel or even Mark Adams or everything like that. So, and the fan base in general, but, you know, people that got to interact with him on a, a pretty regular basis, like, this just means more. And like, I think that you can tell that by, I don't know how many tents are out there right now in Raiderville, but when you got Jeff Goodman, a guy that is as Northeast as it gets 
going into tents and talking to random freshmen. Like, this is a game, people. Like, this is going to be fun. He's done a complete 180 since the beginning of the season. I know that for sure. yeah, and I, and I gotta give him a little bit of credit. Like, I bashed Jeff Goodman, but like, oh, yeah. It was to change his image a little bit. There was a little bit of self interest in this, no mm-hmm. doubt about it, as there is with anything in life. But good for him. Like, just like biting the bullet. And he said it multiple times, like, yeah, I was, I was dead ass wrong. And like, okay, good for you. Now he's trying to actually like see what it's about and everything. He's actually trying to put his best foot forward instead of just going off of data from, you know, three or four years ago. So, um, it's good to see that, and it's good. To, it's just good for Texas Tech that somebody like Jeff Goodman is doing that. Like it or not, like Texas Tech just doesn't get the exposure that we all think they deserve. And now you have a guy that, in Jeff Goodman, that was bad mouthing you, is now down there, and literally trying to soak this all in and the experience and everything, and actually going and interacting with Texas Tech fans. I think that says a lot about where Texas Tech is, but also where Texas Tech is going because other media outlets are going to see that and be like well, damn, why aren't we going to Lubbock more often? Like, this is just good TV and good for ratings and good for engagement on social media. Like, why the hell are we not doing this? Um, by the way, it is trippy as hell to see everybody's profile picture, like, blacked out right now. Um, just super fucking trippy. Um, Duffy, get on your shit, man. What are we doing here, Duffy? Black out your picture. Got to shout out my buddy there. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, I'm super excited, too. Um, the girlfriend and I, we were supposed to go out there, but unfortunately, we're moving. Um, here in a couple of days so we weren't able to make it but man I am super jealous of everybody out there right now um, and getting to just experience that whole deal even if you don't get into the game just being in the city of Lubbock I feel like right now with all that energy that's to just be just amazing you know exactly yeah I just <clears throat> that's just definitely on the bucket list of things I want to do. I got to go back to Texas. I've only been there once, but I want to go through Lubbock. I want to go there around either football season or basketball season, just experience the whole thing. Yeah. Sounds like a great, I mean, I've seen, I actually got to see them. They uh, played two years ago at uh, DePaul. And that's a game that I went, they, uh, that's in Chicago. So I was able to go over there. I lost. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a junior was, homecoming. Oh my gosh, that was awful. I, re- that, I remember that whole entire game. Was, I got to, I, I was like, my mom got me tickets for it was for like my birthday and she actually got me tickets right by there uh where they enter and exit so i gotta give them all high five oh, but i was dope. like right next to the opposing team student section i was just all decked down texas tech stuff so i got i got the, yeah, i got it, a lot of bickering it, my way so that was fun <laughs> it's usually how it goes anywhere i know texas tech fans uh give a lot of the bickering when they travel um and everything like that but hey man i appreciate you hopping on i'm gonna jump into the preview and everything like that hopefully uh you get to watch as much as possible tomorrow and maybe uh, be Steph Curry at that uh, gym you're going to. Oh, yeah, that's always the goal. That's always what I try to be. Maybe more of a Clay Thompson, you know. But, oh, just, okay. Yeah, Don't need sure. to dribble. I yeah, got you. Ne- never I dribble. That's, it gets bad when I dribble. But, yeah, for sure. I'll stay in here <laughs> and listen to you. But uh, love to hear your preview. And thanks for letting me in again, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you hopping on. I'm going to jump right into it. Like I said, Lyle will be here in a minute. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when he's humping in or hopping in here. Um, whenever he does, he just needs to, you know, get in here already because y'all are here to listen to him more than me, probably. Um, anyway, let's hop into this preview. Um, again, I want to start with Ken Palm. I don't know how many people um, like Ken Palm. And about damn time, Duffy. Good job updating that, man. Um, so Texas Tech moved up. They're actually 11th now on the Ken Palm rankings. Texas is 15. It's kind of crazy 
when you look at this stuff, like in terms of just where Texas Tech is, where Texas is, um, even in the net rankings, looking at the quad one wins, Texas Tech has four. Texas now has two. And again, one of the only reasons they have two is because their first quad one win actually happened because they lost to Kansas State. Okay, so stay with me here. This is going to be difficult, um, even for me, because, well, let's just face it, I'm, I'm not very smart. Um, but so Kansas State was not a quad one win them in Manhattan now Kansas State goes down to Texas we all remember that game um, where K-State won I believe it was 66 50 or 66 65 or 56 55 doesn't matter score doesn't matter anyway they lost there so that propelled State quad one because Texas lost to Kansas State at home they actually gained a quad one win and then they obviously got another one in the Big 12 SEC Challenge where they should have lost that game to Tennessee. They were really trying to lose. Um, but Texas Tech, they have four, um, quite a bit of quad one wins for the Red Raiders. They also have four quad one win losses. Um, every loss they have this year, um, you know, except for one is from a quad one team. And the only one that isn't is K-State who actually fell out, but you don't subtract it. So there you go. Um, anyway... That's what Ken Palm says in the net rankings as well. Now, if we look at the team stats and everything, Texas Tech has the chance now, and Zane, I'll get to you in just a minute. Um, Texas Tech has the chance to do something that they've never had done in program history before this year. Um, They could potentially have six guys score double figures and average that. Kind of crazy, right? Like, you think about it. Texas Tech, and I get it, a lot has to go right for Donis Arms for this to happen. No doubt about it. Um, but you currently have Bryson Williams averaging 13 and a half. He's the leader uh, in points per game for the Red Raiders. Then Terrence Shannon Jr., Kevin McCullough, Kevin O'Banner, and Debion Warren all averaging double figures. And then Adonis Arms, we saw what he can do. He can light it up in a hurry. Now, he's obviously behind the eight ball a little bit in terms of game played and actually getting to that said double-digit mark. But he's at 8.4 right now. And again, even if the season ended today for the Red Raiders, Having five guys in double figures only be the second time that that has happened in Texas Tech program history. The last time and the only time it's happened was in 1963-1964. I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, maybe there is one person in here listening that's that old, but not very many people were that uh, alive when that happened. So um, Texas Tech, definitely the offense has gotten a lot better. as, As I mentioned, Bryson Williams is leading the way in points, 13 and a half. Kevin McCuller in rebounds and assists and steals. And then Marcus Santos Silva leads the way in blocks per game for the Red Raiders. Um, interesting enough, when you look at the Texas side of things, and, you know, they got all those transfers with all the stars everybody was talking about and everything. And to be fair to them, I was actually pretty high on a couple of them too. And they lead the way in scoring for them. Um, and Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen. Timmy Allen actually leads them in both points per game and rebounds. He came from Utah and was one of the best players in the Pac-12. Absolutely dynamite. He's really, really good. Don't get me wrong. This is the guy that you have to key in on if you're a Red Raider fan tomorrow in terms of keeping track of him because he is an absolute problem, um, is Timmy Allen. Now, Marcus Carr, I picked him um, as the Big 12 preseason player of the year. That's going to be wrong. Um I think that's probably going to be Abaji up in Kansas. We saw what he did. Um, by the way, I want to put this out there. If Abaji doesn't score 40, 
You want to know what Texas Tech does to Kansas? Go look at the Kentucky outcome. That's exactly what Texas Tech does. I, I, I'm not trying to be biased or anything like that, but that's the outcome if Abaji doesn't score 40. Um, the problem is he, he, he scored 40. Um, anyway, there's a familiar names still in Texas. Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey. They average 10.1 points per game and 9.8 points per game. Um, again, Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, they are the two guys you're going to want to watch in this one in terms of guys that you may not recognize um, from previous years. Now, Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey are there, and they're more used as shooting kind of guys here, and more so Ramey than Andrew Jones. Ramey is shooting close to 38% from three. Um, really has become a better shooter. You remember Courtney Ramey when he showed up to Texas. He was highly touted and really wasn't um, that great and really hasn't lived up to the expectations. We all know that story behind Andrew Jones. Um, and him beating cancer, which is absolutely awesome. Actually went to high school with his sister, who now plays in the WNBA, fun fact. Um, and then, but again, Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, those are the names to know. And now, in my opinion, this is how I think Texas Tech should attack Texas um, defensively. And obviously, I am not Mark Adams. He is much smarter than me. Um, but this is just my opinion from an outsider's perspective that covers the team and everything like that is – if you can get Texas to take about eight to 10 seconds off of each possession, i.e. you pressure them at maybe, you know, three quarter court or maybe even full court at times, and you make them think a little too much, Texas is not a smart basketball team. I will say that right now. Like they turn the ball over a lot. Texas Tech does too, um, to some degree. But the thing is with Texas is when they turn it over, they turn it over in bunches. Prime example, that Tennessee game at home. I mean, they were just trying to give it to the Volunteers. Like, they were just trying to give that W to the Volunteers. And unfortunately, they got, um, you know, a call that probably shouldn't have been called, but it is what it is. Anyway, that's the thing with Texas. They have guys that are older and veteran-type guys, but they try and do a little bit too much sometimes, and it really backfires on them. Um, and Marcus Carr is one of those guys. He averages, and so does Timmy Allen. They're going to have the ball the most in their hands. They both average two turnovers a game. Now, for reference, going over to Texas Tech, Terrence Shannon Jr. does as well, who is a game-time decision, by the way, tomorrow. Not sure if he's going to play. Um, I would probably put it at like a 25-75 that he plays in terms of the 25 being that he plays. But who knows? Maybe he wakes up and he feels a lot better. Hopefully he does. Um, but I doubt he starts, if I'm being honest. You'd have to start at Donis Arms after what he did to Mississippi State. Um, Kevin McCuller also averages two turnovers a game, and so does Adonis Arms. So what do we see at that, right? We see that those guys obviously are the guys that handle the ball the most for those teams, but also at the same time that if you pressure those guys, we saw it. You know, Kevin McCuller struggled a little bit, and mostly some of – I would even say mostly that's due to injury um, because of – Really, we haven't gotten to see Kevin McCullough at full strength this year. We just haven't. And same with Terrence Shannon Jr. I think what we're going to see is a lot of that three-quarter full-court press, not all the time against Texas, but you are going to see some of that to just really take away some of that time on the shot clock for UT. UT's offense is one of the worst in college basketball in terms of pace of play. They are really bad. I think last time I checked, I haven't checked the updated stats for this one, but before coming into just last week, they were the slowest power five team in the country in terms of actually getting possessions per game, right? So that's something that you want to monitor. Are they going to go in there? Are they going to do three-quarters press Texas Tech? Are they going to go full court? What are they going to do? 
right? So that's something that I think Texas Tech should do to prioritize really shrinking that shot clock down and just really creating havoc in that motion offense that we saw last year at times as well really stagnates, right? And it gets down to those final couple seconds. And if you can create that where Marcus Carr or Timmy Allen has to just create something out of nothing in the final five seconds, that's an obvious win for Texas Tech defensively. Now on offense, I really want to see Texas Tech get going because Texas is good defensively. They are a good defensive team. You look at it at the Ken Palm metrics and everything like that, and you see that they're the 11th best defense in the country are the Longhorns. And I think Texas Tech has to get going in transition tomorrow to really allow themselves to just beat that Texas defense that's good. Texas Tech has a better defense. This game is going to be a just really a boxing match, um, in my opinion, when it comes down to it. Like, you look at Texas Tech, they're third right now. Adjusted defense on Kim Palm. That means they're the third best defensive team in the country if you want to follow this stat. Um, and I get it, there will be some people that, oh, you shouldn't live by this. It's fine. Um, but LSU is number one. Then you have VCU and Texas Tech comes in at number three. I think that that's where Texas Tech on offense, though, can really, really help themselves is getting out in transition and just trying to get to the rim, right? I think I said this in the postgame show after Mississippi State where I think if Texas Tech can put the point of emphasis on just going out in transition, not settling for a jump shot, go to the rim. Yeah, it can be a highly contested shot. I get it. But go in there and make the ref make a call. Like, just make the ref make a call. I think that that's something that Texas Tech needs to do. Get to the free throw line. Get those three points. Now you got to make the damn free throws. We all know that. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's where Texas Tech needs to live. I also think this as well. Adonis Arms needs to be the primary point guard. And the reason being is Kevin McCullough just isn't 100% healthy. He's being a warrior right now. He's going out there and playing as best he can for Texas Tech. But right now, with the kind of injury he has and just really the limitations that he has, I think Kevin McCullough would be best as that kind of cutter to the basket, a guy that does the high pick and roll and then he leaks to the basket or leaks out to the corner where he's had some success shooting the ball this year. I also think that when you look at what Texas brings to the table in terms of big man, you had Trey Mitchell, who was in his final five was Texas Tech, uh, Christian Bishop was in, well, Tech had him in his, Tech was in his final three, I should say. Those are quality big men. But I'll say this, Texas Tech in terms of mobility, I think that they can, that's where they can capitalize. I think that Trey Mitchell and Christian Bishop, they are very fleet of foot. They are good athletes. But I think when it comes to playing outside on the perimeter and trying to actually guard a Bryson Williams, Kevin O'Banner off the dribble, I don't think they're going to have much success. So I think what you can do is run that high pick and roll with Adonis Arms and Kevin O'Banner, Bryson Williams, Marcus Santos Silva even. And then you can allow them to make the decision, okay, am I going to come out? Am I going to try and guard them on the perimeter? Or are you, can you just have a dump off from Arms to Williams and Arms acts as the uh, pick at that point just with a little simple dump off and Williams has a wide open shot at the top of the key. Even Kevin O'Banner can do that as well. I think that that's going to be interesting to see what Texas game plan is against the pick and roll because I think with the big men that they have, and again, they're athletic, but I think Texas Techs are a little bit more athletic, at least on the offensive end, and at least a little bit more fleet of foot. I think that's where Texas Tech can capitalize um, in a major way. Uh, Lyle, what are we doing? You got a request to get on here, man. People want to hear you. What are we doing here, man? Come on, get in here, Lyle. 
What are we doing? Request to be on here. Let me see if I can find you. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me see if I can get a co-host in here. There we go. Accept that. Accept that, Lyle. Get in here. Get in here, sir. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's where Texas Tech um, can capitalize on the offensive end. Now, looking at the offensive stats. Oh, and I made it. No, oh, it's about damn time. Man, they tried to they tried to hold me down, brother. But I'm I'm through. I'm through. Love to hear. Yeah, man. I'm 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 pumped, man. I'm I'm pumped. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be Yeah, you go, are you getting to are you getting to go into Lubbock and everything like that and experience any of this or what? I have tickets, man, you know, but I got a a lot of kids, so I gotta see see if I can my babysitter could come through for me. I told her it's a it's a big night. I needed it to come through for me. So we're gonna see. But I, I wanna go I wanna go check it out, man, and I know that place is gonna be rocking. Rocking. Like it remind me, I saw them at the uh wow. Can you hear me? Oh, we might have lost him. It sounded like he was driving. Can you can you hear me now? Am I back? I can hear you, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you. It must be nice, man. Like you you know, you got tickets, like, you know, you have the second most receptions in you know texas tech history or something like that hey i'm not gonna lie man i got a couple friends that that were pretty good that <laughs> hooked me up man i i can't lie but <laughs> i feel like i feel like it hadn't been this type of excitement since man back when we were playing you know texas and football when we were you know playing them when they were number two like the the raider yeah. alley it, it's man it's crazy like even people here at my school, high school kids, they I mean, they're like, man, coach, I can't wait to see the game. So the excitement has been super crazy, man. And like I said, I, I overall like this team. Like, I think this is just an overall tough, tough team full of dogs. And yeah. every time, even off the bench, you know, our depth, I think our depth is pretty, pretty crazy. We've had some, like I said, great teams, you know that. But the like when someone comes in, it's just... The drop off is is not huge, and it's minimal. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's been the coolest thing to watch, is just see those guys come in and, like I said, any one of them dudes can get hot at any point. So, I mean, at, at, at as as Texas, like who who are you really keying on? Because at at any point, yeah. anybody can. And so it's been a long time since uh, you know, I've seen. Uh, you know, I want to say that much excitement, but also just the versa. You know how versatile that team is. I mean, those big dudes can shoot, they can move, they can. I mean, it's awesome. I know uh, Coach McGuire might be trying to get some of them dudes to come play a uh, DM. <laughs> I, I don't know if Mark Adams is going to allow that. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I don't think that's going to happen. By the way, um, if anybody in the spaces wants to go and. Uh, you know, one of those blackout pictures for everything. Lyle, would you change it? Yeah, for sure. Somebody hook him up down in the comments and we, he will see it and he will change it. I mean, we got to hook a brother up here and everything like that. It, it, I think that that's a really good comparison. Like, I, I didn't want to say that myself, though, like that Texas aspect of it, you know, back in 08. Because obviously I wasn't there. I, I didn't experience it. You, you were obviously there and you did experience it. <laughs> Um, so like I, I was thinking about that 
yesterday while watching the game, just, you know, thinking about Texas Tech stuff, I was like, man, I wonder if this is the same as, you know, the Texas game in 08. And actually going to ask you about that today. So I'm glad that you uh, said that and everything because, I, you know, the biggest game that I've experienced in Lubbock is by far game day. When KU came in, it was the first time and only time that Tech has had game day for basketball. Obviously, game day was there for the football game you're talking about. Um, but there wasn't as much of a storyline behind it, right? Like, you know, the, the Coach Beard storyline takes this to a a level that I, I don't I don't think will ever be matched you know, just no. because of what what he did at Texas Tech, the way he left, um, and who replaced him. Thing, right? So, you know, I, I think for me, when I look at this game, it's you know, you as a player. You, you, you would think from an outsider's point of view, this is how a player thinks, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? Like, it's just a game, right? It's just another game. It doesn't matter. Like, if we go out there and we do what we need to and execute, like, we'll be fine. But, like, I think it's at, at this kind of point, like, doesn't that have to change? Because you think about it, every other, you know, post on my timeline right now is literally about how the basketball players are out there handing out tacos. The football players are out there handing out tacos. You know, whatever it may be, there's some other, you know, team handing out tacos or pizza or whatever to these kids in Raiderville right now. And it, it's just wild to me because, yeah, like if you look around the country and say you lived in, I don't know, let's just say you lived in Utah, right? And you saw Texas and Texas Tech were playing and it's number 23 against number 14. You're probably like, yeah, that's going to be a good game. But if you're oblivious to the storyline, the game but because of the storyline it changes everything and this is far more than just a regular game on a Tuesday to start February yeah no doubt and I think you know I, I think you know some people are always going to say if you ask a, you know uh, a player they're always going to say it's another game but I mean at the end of the day like we knew it was game day uh, you know what I'm saying we knew it was going to be sold out we saw Raider uh, you know Raider Alley and, and how many people it was so um, I think at the same time, it, in, in a sense, it is just another game. But at the same time, it, it's being able to control those emotions um, mm -hmm. and being in a game of this magnitude. Because, like I said, for me, um, you know, being in that game in 08, for me, that was like the first time I've ever been in a game of that magnitude. You know what I'm saying? I never played you were another, a freshman, like right? that again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, actually, I was a sophomore. I'm sorry. I was a sophomore. Sophomore. Okay. Yeah. Still, but, I mean, you were 19 years old. Who, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I just, you know, stepping out there, just like feeling like how electric that place was. Um, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to play a lot, but it's just the feeling like, you know, I think it could go both ways because you get that feeling too, like, hey, man, I got to make a play. Or, hey, people are watching. And, and you don't always have to go outside of what you're asked to do. So I think that's going to be key for, for our guys too is just to understand to do what they do. And they don't have to go – you know, above and beyond because, you know, because we're playing Texas or, you know, the electricity of the stadium and all that stuff. I think that's big because I think it's easy, like I said, to um, feel like you got to do more than what you need to uh, because, uh, you know, it's going to be on national TV. You got friends watching. You got all kind of stuff. So it's easy to get out of your game and try to do more than you um, need to do. But I think that, you know, um, Coach Adams is going to have them right. I think a lot of our guys have played in not quite as big as games as this, but they played in some big games. So yeah. um, 
I think that's the thing that helps us out uh, when it comes to Texas. We have, I think Texas only has about two guys that's probably played in some big games. Um, I forgot what his name is, the two, but I think we have some veteran guys that are seasoned. And um, I think once you have those type guys, it kind of trickles down to those young guys. Because just the poise of like, you know, Graham, Harold, Crab when we played, you know, kind of brought a poise to, to me and some of the other guys because, you know, there was they weren't nervous. They knew what we had to do. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm super excited for our team. I feel like we have the more, you know, veteran team. So, I'm excited. And like I said, I hope Coach Adams, um, you know, I hope we beat him by 50. <laughs> I don't know about that. It might be the first team 250 with these defenses, <laughs> man. My goodness. But, yeah, I, you know what? I was thinking about that. You brought up Graham Harrell and Crabtree and stuff like that. And I'm not trying to compare his level of play because those guys are, you know, two of the, if not the two greatest athletes that Texas Tech has ever had in terms of accolades and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, this is the moment, like, that you love having a Kevin McCullough on your team, even if he's not 100%. Because he can go in that huddle, first and foremost, command respect, but also say, hey, guys, I may not have played, but I was at the Final Four. I know what that's like. I know what these big moments are like. I know exactly what that coach is telling them right now. Like, think about that. There's guys on this team like Terrence Shannon, Kevin McCuller, um, Marcus Santos Silva, Clarence Nadaldi. They can literally walk in the huddle and be like, I know exactly what Coach Beard is telling his guys right now. This is what you need to be ready for tomorrow night. And I think that is a huge advantage. Now, can Texas go in there and say the same thing to theirs guys? Yeah, but like you said, I mean, they have they have some ballers, right? Like, I mean, Texas has some talent. I don't think we're trying to take that away from them in any kind of way. But when you look at the level of experience at high-level, you know, situations, right? Timmy Allen don't have much. Marcus Carr doesn't have much. I mean, he scored 25-5 and five last year at Minnesota, but they didn't make the tournament. Andrew Jones, yeah, he's made the tournament. Um, Courtney Ramey, he does as well. But outside of those guys... They don't have a lot of guys that are impactful dudes that played in the NCAA tournament in those games that you were talking about. Texas Tech, for example, you have Terrence Shannon Jr., Kevin McCullough. Kevin O'Banner is your most experienced guy in terms of actually getting furthest in the tournament on this roster right now. You have him. Debbie Warren hasn't played in big games, just hasn't had the chance at Hampton, right? But Adonis Arms has played in the tournament. Marcus Santos Silva at two stops has Clarence Nadaldi. Um, you have guys on this roster that have been there and done that in high situations, in high-level situations, and I get it. This game is just – you can't really compare it to anything else that these guys have played in outside of maybe, a, you know, the game that Kevin O'Banner played with ORU in Arkansas last year in the tournament. But the storylines and the experience you have is just an absolute game-changer in this because I don't think that this is going to be one of those games where – we look back at it and say, you know, Coach Adams out coached Coach Beard or Beard out coached Adams. I think this is strictly going to come down to the players because this is the thing. Both of those guys know exactly what they're telling their opposing teams, right? Like they know what they're telling them, like down to a T because they've been in the huddle with each other for seven years. So, you know, I, I think it comes down to that. And maybe there is one of those situations where you're just like, damn, Adams just absolutely wiped the floor with coach beard like you could see that but i think it does come down strictly to those guys that have played in big time situations been there done that and i think this is the game where you know he's injured a little bit 
I get it. He's been underwhelming. People have been frustrated with him. But I think this is the game where, you know, here, you know, this time tomorrow night, we're talking about Kevin McCullough having one of the best games he's ever had as a Red Raider just because I think it's going to be needed. And I think he's one of those guys that steps up in those big moments. And these are the type of moments that he came back to Texas Tech for, right? Like, this is the reason he's the leader of the team. Um, And that's why he's here. And he wanted to play this game and be on the side of Mark Adams. He didn't want to follow the leader, um, per se. He wanted to stick by the guy that was getting his first opportunity. Um, And I think he's going to prove that he's an All-Big 12 player tomorrow night. And I think he's going to, you know, be a warrior and fight through that injury that he has. It's going to be lingering all year, but... I think this is going to be coming out as like that that moment where we look back and we're like, damn, that was the Kevin McCuller game. Like that's what I think happens tomorrow night because of that experience and because he just wants to take it to the coach, man. He just wants to take it to his old coach. Yeah, man. I, like I said, I think you, you said that it perfectly. These dudes are great coaches, um, so they're both going to have the game plan. They know each other inside and out. Um, you know, I'm sure they're good friends still. So. They, they're going to know what's going on. I think it comes down um, to just who's able to stick to the game plan. Uh, yeah. I honestly think either or is not going to have a better game plan. Maybe some tweaks here might be a little better. But overall, I think it's going to be pretty equally uh, equal when it comes to the coaching. Um, but I think another point, too, um, that this is bigger than just this game. Um, I think there's some recruits that's in the middle. You know that like Coach Beard, like Coach yeah. Adams, and I think like this is big for those recruits that are on the edge, um, deciding where they want to go. Some guys that are transferring. I think this is big for um, Coach Adams. I think some some recruits will be involved in in this game. So I think it's it too. Like we, uh, you know, they realize it's bigger than just this game. And um, like I said I know everybody wants to, you know, beat Coach Beard, um, but I think. Another advantage we have is just, you know, there's something about your coach leaving, going somewhere else. Those those guys that have, uh, you know, played for a coach like that, and then you get to play against them again. Um, I got to, to do that a uh, time or two, and um, you just have a little extra to, to, you know, to make it happen, to, to kind of take it to them in a sense. Uh, but I think, like I said, this game, the magnitude and everything that comes with it is, is bigger than just, um, you know, beating Coach Beer. So I'm excited. And um, like I said, it, to get to see these two coaches, um, coaches is awesome being a coach anyway, to see um, the greatness between the two. And uh, I think, like I said, having having the team that's going to be the most poised and sticks to the game plan, I think is going to come out on top for sure. Yeah, I, you know, it's going to come back. I think this is going to be one of those games when it's all said and done too. Um and I think this is to your point, you know, this is going to be a second half game. Like whoever and which coach makes the better second half adjustment at halftime, I think probably wins the game. And we've heard that for a long time. And, you know, we gave credit to Coach Beard when he was here for that in terms of the second half adjustments. How much was that Mark Adams? Well, we've seen this year that they're making second half adjustments still at Texas Tech, right? So, um, you know, I think that that's really what it's going to come down to is just the second half really – it's gonna. I, I, this is what I think probably happens if I'm being like trying to lay this out by half. I think at halftime it's gonna be a four or five point game, way or the other. Um, and then what happens is I think a team, whoever has the the best second half adjustment, probably goes on a ten to fifteen to ten to fifteen, and then two to four oh run, right? Or like four runs. So ten to two run or fifteen to four run, 
and then that's the game. That's what I think probably happens, just because that's the game of basketball. It's the game of runs. Um, if I had to pick who I think that's going to be, I think it's going to be Texas Tech because of the environment, the experience, and first and foremost, I just think they're the better team um, looking at it. And that's not even to do with anything that, you know, the Coach Beard side of this. I think that they're just literally the better team. That, that's just the simple aspect of it. And I think if you ask people that are unbiased, thing if they're telling you the truth like texas tech is the better basketball team um than texas and now there's all these things like i had one of uh my ut buddies uh a couple of my ut buddies actually while they reached out to me and they're like are you nervous about this game and i was like why would i be nervous with the better basketball team first and foremost um <laughs> you know second of all it's one of those deals where you know just from again taking the bias out of it and just looking at this from the point of view of what does Texas Tech do well? What does Texas do well? Texas Tech matches up a whole hell of a lot better against Texas than Texas does against Texas Tech. It's just the truth of it. Um, and now you add the environment. You add the storylines. You add these guys trying to, you know, really just – This is the, I've said it before, but this is the biggest game that this, this arena will ever see. Mm-hmm. It's a game that you literally have, you know, the Big 12 title on the line very end you know what I mean like against the Kansas or something like that right this is the biggest game this arena will ever see just because of that storyline and I think it helps that Texas did beat Tennessee and now they are a ranked opponent it would have looked a whole lot worse if it was you know unranked Texas and number 14 Texas Tech getting excited about that just from an outsider's point of view obviously from a tech perspective we don't give a damn um we're gonna get excited for this game because well everybody knows why um but yeah, man, I mean, it, it's just going to be one of those things tomorrow. Uh, by the way, if you don't use those tickets, hit me up around like 1 p.m. and I'll head out there, bro. Say less, brother. Say less. I will, I will get a cheap Southwest flight. I will figure something out. I, I just uh, what comes with that, I just want to see you doing the uh, swag uh, surf. That's all I ask. I see you <laughs> you want to see the swag surf? <laughs> I want to see you in the mix. That's my, I was my in wife. one of those videos. I was in one of those videos. You're like, I, I, I'm not going to go look at it, but if you go back to um, game day when KU was here, what year was that, 18? Maybe 19? I forget. No, it was 18. Um, I was in one of those tech hype videos. It was one of the few games that um, I took off covering for KTXT when I was in college. I was like, I got to just experience <laughs> this one, you know, like a college student and everything like that. Um, and so, yeah, you, I'm in one of like the post-hype videos or whatnot. Um, about it and everything like that. So it's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's wild. But by the way, I will say this. Whoever is the PA or in charge of music this year, they have done a much better job at timing the swag surf. I am not anti-swag surf, but you don't need to use the swag surf when it is 10 to 4 with 14 minutes left in the first quarter or first half. You don't need to do that. You need to use it in the second half when you're beating the ever-loving crap out of the team or it's a very close game. Okay, there's t- there, there's levels to this. We can't just use it all willy nilly. Okay, you gotta use it at the right time. That's just my opinion on the swag sir. I, and another thing, I want to shout out to the student section. Our rhythm has really improved. Um, it when has. we first started, it the rhythm was, was a little off. Yeah. And so you know, uh, that to was me, probably it kinda me you were like, looking at. To be honest, that was probably. I, I don't know, man. I, I think you got a little bit of rhythm. There was some people we were bumping shoulders, and you know, we just. You know, it wasn't all the way there. So I think, like I said, yeah. it's, it, 
it's gone from a, a looking like a crashing building to, to a shaky building now. So I, I think they've done a good job. Shout out to the student section, without a doubt. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then shout out to Raiderville too. Derek, if you want to hop back in here with that request, man, we'll get you in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's it's unbelievable, man. I mean, like, you know, game day was cool. Um, people were out there the night before and everything, but we're talking about 72 hours before the game, man. Oh, I see you changed it. Yeah, no doubt. I see you changed it. Hey, no hey, doubt, fellas. Brother. Hey, I will not be left behind. Hey, fellas, really love the work y'all are doing. It's been so interesting. I wanted to pose a question to both of you. Um, and if, if you've already really spoken on this, I apologize. Uh, but, you know, this. whenever you leave an, a university, you take another job anywhere, I don't care what you're doing. I mean, the way you leave matters, right? And is this... Is this um, is this some? I feel like the animosity that's there between Texas Tech and Chris Beard is that is that because he left into a Big Twelve opponent to a rival, or is it because of the way he left? You know, the the lack of of, of a farewell message early on. It took him a while. It seemed like such a mm-hmm. such an odd message posted to his social media. Not much said. Really, now when he's in these press conferences before this game. This is when he's really spoken, I guess, the most about the former job and him leaving. Yeah, by And far. so I'm just wondering, look, I mean, is it is it just because of where he left to? Or, and, and to be honest, I'll just let my bias out. I think it's the way he left. And I just want to hear y'all's thoughts on that. I think it's, I think it's, um, you listed out three reasons there. I think it's the last two. Who he left to, first and foremost, it's, you know, that, little brother complex, right, that Texas Tech has when it comes to Texas. Like it or not, that's how it's viewed um, and everything like that. Um, it sucks, like, when you lose somebody to Texas. But I, I think a majority of it is the way he left. I was doing Lubbock Radio, and I remember, you know, telling my co-host, Randy Rosetta, at that point, I was like, man, if we don't hear anything from him in the first 48 hours of that week leading up to April 1st, he's gone. You know, like, th- that's the thing that really threw everybody off is silent. Two weeks almost. I believe it was 10 days until he did send out that social media message and we found out that he tried to get Mark Adams on the plane and everything. I think really what it comes down to is I don't know how to describe it probably in the best way. Hopefully people can understand what I'm saying here. But when you have a guy like Coach Beard, he's loved when he's yours and he's hated when he's not yours right and it's even amplified because of the way that he left and that goodbye message that you brought up there first and foremost but I I think the bigger thing for me is the way he went about it a McDonald's at 6 a.m. in Plainview Texas with CDC the AD at Texas he didn't have the stones to say anything um, trying to take the whole staff. And to be fair, the whole staff thing doesn't even really bother me because that's what coaches do most of the time when they leave. Um, but the thing that just bothers me the most is the radioactive silence and then literally just basically saying, you know, not even having the respect for Texas Tech and this fan base that really has backed him. And, I mean, again, it shouldn't mean anything at all um, in kind of way, but I think the gesture should mean a lot that there were local businesses literally just 
going out of their way to give him free stuff and everything like that. There was a community here that loved him, and he just decided, no, I don't really care about that. Your feelings mean nothing to me. I'm going to put out this little, you know, I forget how many sentences it was. I think it was maybe like six or seven sentences um, saying about his time. But you're right. I mean, that that one-minute clip that's kind of been going around viral and everything like that, where he didn't mention any players in that press conference. He didn't uh, mention anybody except for Mark Adams. Um, that's the most I've seen him talk about Texas Tech. Like, even in his introductory press conference at UT, like, he did not talk about it. Um, it, it it's kind of wild, um, the scenario. But the thing that bothers me the most is just an alum and not a media person was just the way you handle it. And Derek, you, you, you teach media, man. Like, you know this stuff. Like, there's a proper way to exit. Like, there's a proper way to exit, a professional way to exit. And he might have done the worst possible way outside of Tommy Tuberville that we've ever seen. Yeah, and it's not. It, I'll just add one more thing, and I'll let y'all take away. Thanks for the time, both of you guys, so much. Yeah. Look, it's not. Yes, look, look. If I don't, if I, I'm at the University of Tennessee right now, don't hold it against me. If I want to leave my job, and I just send an email out, and then I leave, that's a bridge burn. I don't care what job you do, and especially when the, when the when the nations, you know, the, the whole media you know, empires looking at you. You have to do a due diligence. If you're gonna leave your job, like communicate with that, meet with them face to face. That'd be like me just sending my boss an email, be like, yo, I'm moving back to Texas. You know, like, and so I just think it's just, it's not even about being alum or media. It's just like common courtesy that, you know, when you, when, 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 an, when an organization or an entity invests their time and their trust in you, reciprocate that when you leave. That's all, I, that's kind of what I've been thinking. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. And, it, and again, just the radioactive silence for a week. Like, I, I mean, he didn't talk or say anything. Like, it's one of those deals where I get it. He was trying to save Texas a little bit of money. But I vividly remember that week because I would do a radio show for two hours a day, and it was all Coach Beer. It was all, like, we, we couldn't talk about anything else because nobody wanted to talk about anything else. And we were trying to read into every little thing and it got to the point after that 48 hour mark i went on the air and i was just like dude he's not coming back i don't think like he would he would already have put something out there coming back and, and the thing just the cherry on the top of it for me lyle i know i've been talking a lot here so you can hop in right after this no, it's all good, um, bro. The, the mcdonald's thing like I, that will never sit right with me you you had to go to effing mcdonald's in plainview texas to meet with CDC. And don't give me that bullshit about where it was like, oh, well, you know, we couldn't meet anywhere in private in Lubbock. Don't give me that shit. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. That that was his argument with it. And that was, you know, Texas fans' argument, CDC's argument, whatever. Don't give me that crap. But just have some, you know, literally just sign of professionalism, like you said, Derek, turn in a two weeks notice, quote unquote. Like, let your boss know. He never told Kirby Hocutt he was leaving. I don't know if they have, have, have ever, like, had that conversation. Like, they probably haven't because it's pointless now. Um, but that, that's kind of just like what you were talking about, Derek. Like, what, just have some kind of bare minimum professionalism and treat this like a job that you did give everything you had, but everything that you gave, you know, that e that's equal to what these fans gave. This is equal to what this administration gave to you. Just... I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. Wow, do you have anything on that? Yeah, I think – I hope y'all don't get mad at me. I've got two different things. I, 
at, the, at first, I want to say, you know, as being a coach, um, you know, different situations happen when that comes. Um, so I, I'm really not mad at him at, at how he did it just because I don't know the details. Like, we don't know the details of what, what happened or when it is, you know. And, uh, you know, for me, if I'm coaching at, you know, uh, let's say I'm coaching at uh, uh, Kansas and Texas Tech calls me, like, I'm leaving. You know, yeah. so there was no doubt in my mind. And whatever I needed to do to get back, I would do it. So, you know, I give them that that bit of grace just because, like I said, I don't know the situation or what they told him. But I know as an alum, that's where he wanted to be, and he wanted to be there. So, you know, it's the same thing, you know, not to go off subject, but with Lincoln. Like, everyone's mad at Lincoln. Like, how can you sure. be mad at him? You know, but he, he did it when he did it because that's when it worked out. You know, at the same time, you got to – you got to talk to them and make sure everything's right for what you need because you can't jump out there and say, oh, I'm doing this, and then it don't work out, and then you're back at Tech. You know, imagine yeah, how everybody would have sure. felt if he jumped out there and said, hey, guys, I'm I'm interviewing with Texas. I want you all to know, and then the money or something didn't work out, and then he turned around and come back to Tech. He would get yeah. booed every time. Like, I saw Tommy Tupperville get booed after he won. So uh, I think that's number one. And then number two, I think why everybody's so mad is because Texas Tech is actually better in basketball we have better facilities better players better everything and i think that's the thing that you know most people are pissed about is because he had everything that he needed here to be successful Mm -hmm. you know texas is building but they don't have what we have right now and i think that's the part that makes it you know so bad for everybody is because we're like man we're the better we're the better place you know it's like having a two-story house you're like no i'm gonna move to this one story and i think that's the thing that makes everybody so mad but Honestly, I can't be mad as being a coach. I mean, stuff happens so fast. You know, like I interviewed for this job. It's not the same by any means, but just interviewing for this job. I interviewed, they called me the next day, and I had to find a way to get down here, get all that stuff together. So I just think it's a lot involved, especially at that level. I can only imagine, you know, being a high school head coach, getting the job, the little things that I asked for. I can only imagine at that level, you know, the things that he's asking for and the things that he needed, especially – um, I feel like he knew what he needed to be able to compete with us because he had the best stuff in the whole nation. Uh, yeah, this. That, hey, that, I just hey, I'm gonna be done. I just want to say, Lyle, that thanks, man. I never thought about it from that perspective. That that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate I mean, it, brother. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those deals where I've never really thought about it like that either. Um, in the sense that, listen, first and foremost, I'm not a coach um, or anything <laughs> like that. I've never been, you know, in that situation. Um, so yeah, I mean, I haven't thought about it, but that's a unique perspective um, that you're bringing to the table. I also the, the part again that doesn't it doesn't bother me because Derek and I used to do a radio show out in Lubbock um, and everything, and I remember Derek vividly telling me like, "Hey, don't be surprised if he leaves for Texas. It's his alma mater." And I shot it down. I shot it down. He'd been at Tech longer than Texas, but the more and more that I thought about it, it's like. It's crazy how much, and wow, you brought it up too. It's crazy how much your alma mater seeing things and actually like being involved in one of these high ordeals, right? In terms of the Coach Beard, like you realize, oh shit, okay, well, if Coach Beard cares about his alma mater like that, what would I do in that situation? And it's like, just like what you said, if you were coaching at Kansas and Texas Tech offered you a job, you're going to take it, right? Like, and, and so, I get it from that perspective, and I'm not even mad about the alumni aspect of it, and it's his alma mater. Good for him. Like, that's awesome. And that that situation, again, it all comes back to me about how he handled it. 
And I will be first and foremost, and people can hate me for this, I'm forever grateful for Coach Beard because he gave me experiences that I had no right having as a college student. I got to cover a Final Four. I got to do just crazy stuff, right? And I never would have gotten to do that if it wasn't for him and that team and everything. But at the same time, that doesn't take away the fact that the way that he handled his exit at Texas Tech was piss poor at best. And there's a way where you can show remorse you can show professionalism, whatever words you want to use to just really show like, hey, like I fucked up. That was on me. Like I didn't do that right. And he didn't do it right. Like that, that's literally just 101 type stuff, um, especially with the school that you had been with for 15 years. The Lincoln aspect of it, that's a good point too. But I'll be honest, was not throwing $10 million a year and a free mansion at Coach Beard. Let's just be real about that. I'd leave two. I'd leave two for that. Lyle, would you leave uh, level end for that? I think you would, right? Just a, co- no a doubt, mansion, but... 10 mil? Yeah, I'd do that too yeah. if I was. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, I wouldn't even think twice. I'd just be like, when do you want me there? Yesterday? Okay, I'll be there three days ago. <laughs> and like, you just never know what they're saying on the side, sure. you know? Like, you really don't. Like, what It's is... just a McDonald's thing, man. Like, I can't get over that shit. It's the McDonald's thing. Like, if I'm being honest with you, that is the thing that bothers me the most. You. You had to literally meet Chris Del Conte at a effing McDonald's in Plainview, Texas. Hey, but like I said, bro, I can't lie. If Texas Tech said, hey, tonight, you know, we want you to come to Abilene McDonald's and sign a contract, I'm there, bro. I'm not asking no questions because that's just my, that's that's how strongly I want to be at Texas Tech and be a part I, I, of the Texas Tech program. So there we I, go. like I said, I can't I can't fault them. I wanna say I wanna sit here and lie and be like, man, that's sorry, but I, I can't lie. No, no, I can't no. Say honest, what like, I, that's the best part about this. Like just being truthful about it. That's the best yeah, part for I, sure. I can't say that just because like I said, I've been in situations um where it's been kind of sketchy to you know, even when I was coaching college, like I met with some people at some sketchy places. <laughs> you know, for for opportunities. But like I said, it's just, you know, um, even like my first job, I got a D1 AA job. And, you know, I was just, I got a call from a from a, a Texas Tech person that knew another Texas Tech person that the head coach was a Texas Tech guy. And literally it was in, I was in Texas and that job was in Savannah, Georgia. I literally was in Savannah, Georgia, probably eight hours later. And, you know, like where I met that dude that was like sketchy, sketchy than a mug. Like I didn't know if I was gonna make it out or not, but I knew I had to take that risk if I wanted it. So like I said, I just, I, I understand like, you know, from both sides, I understand seeing that and be like, that's, that's whack. But like I said, as a coach, you know, like sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do for that. And, and like I said, if they told me for Texas Tech that, I show up here, no deal. I'm probably gonna be there. So, but doesn't that doesn't that just prove that Coach Beard was one foot out the door anyway? Well, I mean, as a coach, you're always one foot out the door in a sense. Like you're not looking for that. But at the end of the day, I tell people all the time, like it's opportunities. Like you can't you can't fault a coach for you know having the for wanting a opportunity. Like his dream job might have been his uh, uh, you know where he went to school because sure. like I said, it's like a person for your job, you know, if another company came to you and offered you more money, 
tonight and said, hey, you got 15 minutes to switch and we'll pay you double. I mean, what would you, you wouldn't need? need 15 minutes. You would just need 15 <laughs> seconds for that email to send. You know what I'm saying? But everybody at your, <laughs> everybody at your old company, be like, man, that guy, man, he got out of here, man. He's no good. But at the same time, it just, it just happened like that. You know what I'm saying? You didn't know that wasn't your intentions. But like I said, at the end of the day, like jobs come in a heartbeat. Like I can get a call in 10 minutes. Like, hey, man, why don't you come be receivers coach here? I never know. So I, I think. For a coach, you're in a sense, you're always you want to be where you're at and do the best job that you're doing, but you're always looking for the best opportunity. You know, I think that, that that's the thing that bothers me though, like um, about Coach Beard. He had a famous saying. I think everybody remembers it: "Be where your feet are." You know, and and it's like again, I'm not trying to harp on it or anything like that. I, I've said my piece about it. I'm actually just very happy about where Texas Tech is as a basketball program. I think they, if the early returns or any indication, they won this deal. Um, but the thing is for me is it really comes back to, and I get it, there's a bunch of coach speak. I think everybody needs to know that. Coach speak is coach speak. They're, do you believe in everything you're saying? You should, but do you realistically believe in everything you're saying? Probably not, right? And so when you hear a guy like Coach Beard say that, and then you say what you said, and I, I think it's awesome that you're saying that because it's the realness of it, right? Like you're going to have one foot out the door just because you don't know what opportunity is around the corner. Um, but you try and keep your feet there. I think that that's the issue too, is like you heard this for five years over and over and over again in the minute. And I, not, not even a minute, the second that Texas had an opportunity to get them and not have to pay an additional million dollars. He jumped at it. And so I think that that really is um, another thing. So let me get Banjo Bob in here real quick. Um, Banjo, longtime listener. I got to get somebody in afterwards too, brother. One more person after. Sounds Banjo. good. Banjo, get in here, man. Oh, you got to take yourself off mute, Banjo. Come on, oh, Bob. there we are. There we go, man. Yeah, I don't want to beat the uh, why he left dead horse anymore, but I do want to touch on, I think the national media has completely and utterly failed in presenting the whole storyline to the rest of the nation. And I, you, you briefly mentioned this earlier, but I'm in Little Rock right now. Everybody, like all of my coworkers are U of A or Mississippi State or mostly sec and they've been asking me for a week like why do you hate this guy so much like they they are completely oblivious to the story and whenever i i gave them all the deets they were just like oh yeah that guy like we had no idea that this was even like a part of the the backstory yeah that that's and that's kind of talked about a little bit about jeff goodman earlier and to his credit, he's done a much better job here in the last couple of weeks. But, you know, there's only so many guys in, you know, the big time media out there. And to be fair, like if you drop me into the situation of trying to know a storyline between Mississippi State and Mississippi, I probably wouldn't know it. Uh, but it's their job, obviously, to know the national media landscape of it. I, I think that when it comes down to it, Jeff Goodman kind of spoke for everybody. I, I think, you know, in this sense that media thought Texas Tech was left for dead like that's just the reality of it so why would you care about a program that's left for dead 
um, why would we even bother telling that story? Like, why would we even bother wasting our time and using our resources on that? And rightly or wrongly, that's that's what they thought. And I think it comes back to more of a testament of what Coach Adams did in terms of putting that staff together first and foremost, taking guys from really good programs. I mean, Arkansas and Corey Williams, you got um, Coach Barrett Peary, who was a head coach at the D1 level. You got him to take a quote-unquote demotion and be your assistant head coach at Texas Tech. Um, if you look at role, that is a demotion. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the national media, they didn't do a great job. And to be fair, you know, I see some things today where um, I don't think the Lubbock media is doing a great job either. Um, if I can be wholeheartedly honest with you um, in terms of saying, like, fans don't deserve to be upset. Like, let the fans feel how they want to feel. Like, if they want to be upset, they can be upset. Now, there's a line that obviously don't you know do anything physical and throw beers at him or anything but if you want to yell at him by all means that's part of it um he knows what he was signing up for when he took this job he knew good damn well what he was doing but um i think that that's the problem that i have most with the media right now is that they're telling fans how to feel and now they're slowly getting back to what you were talking about uh banjo bob in the sense that they're slowly getting that out there which they should have been building this up much longer i mean this is this is a potential really big game for ESPN on a Tuesday night when no one else really has anything to care about. They don't even have the number one crew there tomorrow night for ESPN. Like, Fran Fischel is not in Lubbock for this game. It, it, I don't even know who it is. I, it, it's some backup crew that I barely have heard of. Yeah, and I think that that was specifically done by the powers to be at ESPN. I think that they try to talk that TV schedule into not making a deal out of this because the last thing they want is for Oklahoma or Texas to look bad over the next two or three years or however long they're going to stick around. Yeah, I mean... Now, I don't know how Bob lets that happen, but... That, that's, the, that's what I was about to bring up, was like, how does Bold be okay with that? Like, in the state that... Again, the Big 12 is in a solid place, but when you have arguably the biggest storyline in your conference in the past, at least in college basketball on the men's side of things in the past, what, five years outside of Baylor winning the national championship? That's obviously a bigger storyline, but this is the second one? Like, how are you not trying to capitalize off that? Like, I mean, you literally had a coach leave for one team in the conference to another, and you're just like, yeah, we'll put this on a Tuesday at 8 p.m., and half the country's not even going to know this main storyline. It's it's terrible. I mean, but I don't know what we would expect from the Big 12 at this point. They don't do a very good job at a lot of things, sadly. It's just the truth of it. Lyle? No doubt, man. I'm going to get my uh, my boy on here. He requested earlier. His name's Ricky, so I'm going to send him an invite. Rick, hop on, brother. Appreciate you hopping on, uh, Banjo Bob. Hope Little Rock is yeah. treating you well. Hopefully you're on the, on the good side of Little Rock. I spent some time in Arkansas, as you know. Um, Little Rock is uh, definitely uh, an interesting place. It's an interesting place. <laughs> Inside, it's Ricky Hewell from High Point, North Carolina. How much time do we have? What are you doing? It depends. It depends. Tell, tell them about your back, background. Now, that's why I asked, because I'm going to take you all on a journey tonight. I'm going to tell you all the 10 years I was with Texas Tech. Man, the basketball. Can can you do it? Can you do a uh, 
a mid, a, a, a speed up version? Yeah, so. Because I know you know. No. Yeah, so uh, as you know, I'm Ricky Hewell. I was a manager for Texas Tech men's basketball from 07 to 2011. And then 2011 to 2013, I was a grad assistant. From 2013 to 2016, I was a full-time assistant video coordinator. After Tubby left in 2016, I started working for the Jumbotron people because I was out of, the, out of the game. But I still had peripheral treatment with the basketball team. So I knew the inner workings of basketball, Texas Tech men's basketball since 2007. I worked for Bob Knight, worked for Pat Knight, worked for Billy Gillespie, worked for Chris Walker, worked for Tubby Smith. And funny part is I didn't get a chance to fully work for Chris Beard, but he was one of the ones that hired me back in 2007 under Bobby Knight. So you're, okay. you're talking about the aspect of Coach Beard leaving. I get it. I understand it. It happens all the time in college basketball or even sports as a whole because yeah. people want to get back to their alum. And they, if it's a lifetime, it's a lifetime opportunity. You can't pass it up. But for me, this game is about the players. Everybody wants to paint it as the coaches. Forget that. Who you can, I've been a part of all those Texas versus Texas rivalries. I've, we beat, um, one year we beat, I think the 07 08 season, we beat Texas when they had Damian James, DJ Augustine, they had Abrams, all them. Then the following game we played, we played Kansas State, we beat them by 15 with Michael Beasley and Bill Walker. So I've been a part of all these different write ups for Texas versus Texas Tech. Only thing you got to worry about is who going to bring the game tomorrow. Forget the records. Forget the crowd. Who's going to bring their game tomorrow? Because if you play bad, you're going to get your head cracked. That's essentially what's going to happen. And the good part is, no doubt. the good part is, our men have been playing extremely well, as we've all seen in the last week or a half, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. So that part, if you haven't seen, if you haven't heard of Mark Adams, understand, yeah, this might be his like first like premier head coaching job, but if you didn't know him from his Howard college days, you would never know this dude and his teams always play basketball and always play defense. He had Jay Crowder, he had Charlie Burgess, both of those teams he had with those two guys won championships. He was um, he was a shot away from beating Marshall Henderson, South Plains team in the uh, Wack Jack Conference Championship. His teams win, just like Beard's team. They win. They play defense. So it's going to be a slug match tomorrow night, believe it or not. But... <laughs> It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> it's, gonna, that, it's gonna be a lot. And of fun. like I text Lyle, cause he Lyle saw me stressing from night in and night out during my grad years, cause that's when we became close as friends and brothers. It was times where, cause I was a, I was a part of the good times and the bad times, so it was nights I wanted to literally drink myself away. But 
thank God for the friends and the brothers I had at Texas Tech that got me through it. But that atmosphere, 15,000 strong going hard, ain't nothing like it, bro. The One of, if not the hardest place to play in the Big 12. And I've been to all them gyms. I've been to Cameron Indoor, been to the Dean Dome, been to all these gyms. Texas Tech, when that mug is rowdy and electric, we it's tough to play in that mug. That's my yeah. that's my no. two cents. Hey, I appreciate that. Shout out to you, Rick. My man. It's my brother, man. Yeah, it's I mean, it's gonna be one of those games too. I mean it, it again, I agree wholeheartedly where we talked about a little bit earlier too, where the coaches know exactly what the other coach is going to say in the other huddle, right? It's just going to come down to the players, like simple and plain. Who who has good nights? Who has bad nights? Yeah, that's just what it's going to be. Um, and you know, I, I mentioned it earlier. The guy that I think is, you know, he's already down as one of those all-time great Red Raiders and everything like that. And you know, he's battling injury right now. But I think tomorrow night is one of those, you know, um, those, just one of those moments for Kevin McCuller where. He can prove a lot to a lot of people, to a lot of the naysayers that have said that he really hasn't been himself lately, which he hasn't. He's been hurt. Uh, people got to remember that. But I think at the same time, tomorrow night is one of those proven games on a national level where, you know, us Texas Tech fans or people that follow the team and everything like that, they know who Kevin McCuller is. They know what he can bring to the table. But tomorrow night against your former coach, you're going to be able to prove that. And I think that that's what Kevin McCullough is going to do on the biggest stage. And again, I I don't mean to overhype this game or anything like that, but this is the biggest game in USA history, like that, that arena's history. Just because you haven't had one of those last games of the season where it's all the Big 12 is, you know, the Big 12 is on the line or whatever you want to say. Um, it's the biggest game in this, this arena's history. And I mean, you're seeing it. I'm looking at Jeff Goodman. He just posted on Twitter, um, about Coach Beard walking into the arena and fans are flipping them off and Y and Z and whatnot, you know. But for me, this is again, this is the biggest game that this arena's ever seen, and you need bit, your best players to step up. And again, it will all come down to the players because the coaches are going to know what the other coaches doing. Simple and plain, whose best player steps up and who makes that big time shot, because. I mean, Ricky mentioned it. It's going to be a slug. It's going to be a slug fest. I mean, I'm not trying to exaggerate this either. It could be first one to fifty-five wins. First one to fifty wins this game. I mean, we're talking about two of the best defenses in the country. They're both ranked in the top twelve. Texas Tech is third. Texas is eleventh. Like we could be talking about a game that barely gets over fifty for the winner. So um, it'll be interesting. I appreciate you hopping on, though, Ricky. I'm gonna let Austin hop in here real quick. He's been waiting patiently. Um, yeah. No problem. I appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Austin, whenever you get on, man, uh, just unmute yourself and you get to go, man. People are sharing tweets with me left and right here. I don't know what's going on. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead, Austin. All right. Thank you so much. What's up, everyone? Um, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's game. Uh, before I begin on, you know, giving you guys my thoughts, on tomorrow's game. I go to KU. I am a student here, and I know you're thinking, well, what's a KU student doing in here? Well, um, I grew up as a Texas Tech fan. I've always followed Texas Tech sports throughout my life, and uh, I just transferred to KU, uh, you know, this past semester. And, you know, obviously with uh, with Texas Tech being in the same conference as KU and everything, and 
and seeing them play. You know, it definitely feels weird. I uh, I had the pleasure of being at the uh, the game on last Monday where, uh, man, I got to say, Texas Tech should have won that game, and we got really, really lucky. So um, much respect to uh, Mark Adams and that basketball program. I mean, look, when Chris Beard left, you know, everybody was like, oh, Texas Tech's not going to be any good. You know, they lost the, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, and now the narrative is, well, maybe Mark Adams was the coach the entire time because I had this thought the other day, you know, maybe Chris, you know, sat back and said, oh, you know, Mark, why don't you coach the team for me? You know, it was all it was all him. But um, once again, I, I have a lot of respect for Coach Adams and that basketball program. And uh, tomorrow night's going to be uh, exciting. Um, and I know uh, my Jayhawks are going to be playing Iowa State. Um, and, that, and that'll be a good game, too. And I know we just uh, we just lost at home by 18 to the Wildcats. And that was really Oh, we're losing you. We're playing like garbage, I'm not going to lie. There we go. Um, we're one of the worst yeah. defensive teams in the country. And, you know, we're really good on offense with Ochai. I mean, we got so lucky when he hit that three-pointer against Tech. But, um, and like I said, <laughs> Tech should have won that game. But what I'm really looking forward to is just, I mean, wherever spoke last time, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a, a slugfest. I, I feel like it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Um, I think it'll be close. I think it's just going to come down to the small yeah. things. I mean, especially when it comes to the turnovers and uh, making, you know, free throws. I think that's what this game's going to come down to. I feel like this is a, an evenly matched uh, matchup. But, I mean, with, you know, Tech being the home team in this one, I mean, and they're going to be the home team, I believe, whenever they travel to Austin because uh, it looks like a, a lot of the Tech people are going to – Shout out to Center. Center. on that one. Yeah, they, they bought all those tickets, yep. And uh, so <laughs> so that's really cool uh, to see that, you know, the majority of that arena will be occupied with Texas Tech fans. I mean, I want to be clear. Look, I may go to KU, and I might be a student there and everything, but I still love Texas Tech. I mean, obviously when we're not playing you guys, you know, but I still keep up with them, and I always have and always will. Um, and I remember when uh, – coach beard left obviously i was so pissed off and this was right before i you know transferred to ku and everything right you know before i found out that i was going there but um i remember the feeling that i had and uh you know everybody you know had a bad taste in their mouth after what happened on april 1st obviously with it being april fool's day you know people thought oh it was just a the four to one mantra <laughs> the four to one mantra. four to one mantra <laughs> um but yeah. but yeah man i I was really pissed off that Chris Beard left, but I, I think Mark Adams has done a fantastic job. And, you know, in my eyes, no one else was, uh, you know, was fit enough for the job than, than Mark Adams. I mean, obviously we were looking at the, or Tech was looking at the, uh, the North Texas coach, you know, all these different coaches. But I said, why not just promote Mark Adams? I mean, he, he's produced, you know, one of the best defenses in the country in the past, you know, several years. And, uh, why not? Why, sure. not? why not keep him as the head coach? And obviously, I, I think they made the right decision. Me too. Me too. And you know, shout out to Kirby Hoke. Apparently, he was in here too earlier. Lyle, did you see that? No. Who was in here? That was in here for a good like ten minutes, bro. Mark Adams? No, no. Kirby Hoke. He was. <laughs> Man, that's why. That's why I started hanging out with you. I can meet you. Think, you think you think that Kirby Hocutt showed up to this because of me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why. I'm, hell no, man. 
uh, <laughs> I'll close it out with this. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching tomorrow night's game. I'm going to be more dialed in on this tech Texas game than the KU Iowa State game. I mean, whenever we last, whenever whenever we last played them, I mean, it took a, a game time or game winning uh, layup in the final seconds. And honestly, I I can't watch this team right now. They've given me a lot of heart attacks, and they've they've caused my blood pressure to to go up. You know, in the past couple of games. You think you? Hey, I'm just saying, you think you'd have a lot of practice being a Texas Tech fan with the blood pressure thing. <laughs> oh, no, dude. I, I know. I, I, yeah, I've dealt with that, you know, forever, so it's, it's no different. But, um, yeah, sure. and, I, and I know for everyone in here, you know, how can I be a Tech fan while being a KU student? It's hard, but, um, and, like I, and like I mentioned, I, you know, I mean, I only came here because of the academic program here, so um that's the whole reason why hey you don't gotta explain it to us man like i mean trust we, me i i know plenty of i might people. i might be wearing crimson and plenty of people in your situation yeah, i might be wearing crimson and blue on the outside but i'm, I'm always going to be a tech fan at heart so i mean i gotta that's i gotta say to hear, man i gotta say whenever uh you know when tech beat when tech beat us in lubbock i i actually wasn't mad at all i wasn't pissed off i was like man much respect to tech for beating us without two of their starters i believe in that game uh so that was impressive. And then, you know, they come in here and put up 91 points on us and force us to go into double overtime with them. I mean, shoot, you know, Tech's not messing around this yeah, year for sure. Are, man. So they're not, man. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And I think. Not at all. Well, I appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, Reckham, horns down, fuck her beard. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow night. <laughs> And rock chalk. Thank you. Oh, okay. No, Reckham for tomorrow. Reckham. <laughs> okay. okay, that's when we get muted. No worries, man. I got to give us a couple shout-outs real quick. Of course, we got Derek, Ricky, Austin, Banjo, Bob, Xander, Mel, Kobe. We got Casper Duffy. We got Donta Thompson. By the way, Irving, Texas right there. I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, we got, uh, let's see here, the Smooth Toad. We got Hannah. We got Marty, Tyler, Jonathan. Uh, I want to make sure I'm getting the name right. Brennan, Hunter, Ben, Campus Live is in here. Travis, Jordan, Nate, Keith. I saw Red Raider Sports was in here. T-Pop, Hunter, uh, Mike Everett, Cameron, uh, Noah. Appreciate everybody hopping on and everything like that. Um, Lyle, why didn't you tell me you were texting Kirby Hillcut too, man? I didn't realize he was going to hop in here. Man, he just asked me how I knew you. And, you know, in the back story, he said, you know, sure. you the next one below. I said, I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. We'll have to have him on for a special guest oh. next time. You think if oh, we would have requested him, he would have jumped on? Text me, by the way. I have to give her a shout out to my girlfriend, Haley. There we go. She just texted me about it. Sorry. Gotta, yeah. gotta keep the missus happy. You know how that Yeah. Is. Shout out to Haley. There we go. But you, you, you just like drop in and like, you know, text Kirby and be like, hey, I got the second most touchdowns in Texas Tech football program history. Like, listen to this spaces I'm on or what? Is that just how you like greet people? No, I'd probably be like, who? Yo. Oh, but hey, next time let's request him. You think he'll hop on? I don't know, man. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I just had y'all, multiple people tell me. Y'all gotta let us know, man. Y'all see this stuff? Y'all gotta let y'all us. Y'all know. gotta let me know a little quicker than that. <laughs> that would be clutch. Him to hop that, on. that this this would have had to been space of the year if we got him on there. It is what it is. I mean, we got we had we had all kinds of celebrities. I think I saw Brandon Francis in here too, and saw a couple other people and whatnot. I mean, we had. We have folks in here, Lyle. The people wow. come for you, my guy. Nah, brother. I see. I don't see a blue check next to my name, brother. Well, it's it's not blue anymore. I think it's white. 
That's true statement. That is yeah, true no. statement. Everybody ain't there. I, I don't think they're coming here for me, though, man. I don't think so. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me get Jake in here real quick. He'll be the last guest, and then we'll wrap this up. Again, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Back to 12 podcast over on Spotify. This will be there later tonight if you want to go back and listen to this again. Jake, let me get you on here real quick, man, and you can say whatever you want to say. I'm getting so many messages though. Like, why didn't somebody hit me up before this? I would have, I I would have had no, no shame. I would have sent him a request right away. Kirby Hoka. Sorry, Jake. Go ahead. Hop on your man. Yeah, RC. Just wanted to uh, reach out. Uh, always enjoy all your, uh, all your thoughts about everything. But I wanted to see it kind of how how you're thinking that. Obviously, the motion offense that Chris Beard is going to run is going to be monotonous and. I don't think it will be able to work, but how do you think that Texas Tech is going to go after Texas's defense, which is, you know, at what they're saying is probably one of their better points of their team there. You probably are already talked about this, but how do you uh, go about doing that? And also, I was noticing that Texas's team seems to be pretty small, and I feel like Tech, uh, Tech's Tech, especially with Bacho being about three inches taller than everybody else on the roster, should be able to go after that. Yeah, um, I talked about it a little earlier, but to be fair, that was like an hour ago. So thank you for bringing it back up. Yeah, I, I think that Texas Tech is going to have to really go out and move in transition when they have the opportunities. I don't think either coach wants their deep, the opposing defense to get set. Um, so I think you're going to see as much transition as possible. Now, I don't think there is going to be much of it just because the defenses are so good. I think defensively, Texas Tech um, should really do three quarters or full court press, not all the time, but just throw that look at Texas to make them uncomfortable um, and really just minimize that shot clock where Texas is one of the worst teams offensively in terms of pace of play in the country. They're the worst in the power five, and I believe they're seventh worst um, overall in the country when it comes to all, I think, 362. I don't remember how many teams there are in college basketball. Um, anyway, they're one of the slowest teams in, in the country. So if you can even take away more of that shot clock and make that motion offense just be even worse than it already is um, in terms of just, just you want to gouge your eyes out, it's hard to watch and everything like that, but that's by design. Um, I think – when you do that, that's where Texas Tech needs to capitalize on defense. Now, on offense, again, transition. And also, I want to see them have the pick and roll at the top of the key because you mentioned the big man. I think Texas has some quality big man. I think Trey Mitchell's pretty good. I think Christian Bishop is good as well. Texas Tech was going after both of them, um, but they decided to go down to Austin um, when they were transferring. I believe Mitchell was transferring from UMass, and then Bishop was from Creighton. Um, but those two guys, spe- specifically Mitchell, um, good athlete but his feet aren't the best in terms of just out on the perimeter so what i would love to see is a lot of pick and roll aspects where whether that's adonis arms kevin mcculler at the top of the key with bryson williams or even kevin o'banner one of those bigs you trust to shoot from the outside and then the big for texas tech makes the read okay do i have the inside leverage for me to get down to the basket off this pick and roll or is it better for me to pick and pop here and go out because you look at the stats for Bryson Williams, he's shooting 46% from three this year. That, that That's not a typo. That's 46%. Um, Kevin O'Banner, he's only shooting 31, but he is he's getting better. And I think that that last game, yes, um, 
you know, I get it. It was against Mississippi State and whatnot. I think he's better than the number 31 in terms of his percentage from three-point land shows. I think he's closer to 40, but I don't think he's going to get there this year. But it wouldn't shock me if the remaining games of the year in the last couple of months here to end the year, he does shoot 40% from deep. So I want to see that pick-and-roll aspect of it. But I mentioned Kevin McCullough at the top of it. I think that I would rather see Adonis Arms because of – the injury that Kevin McCullough has, I think he'd be better as a slasher to the basket off that pick and roll. So you can have the option of, okay, there's Adonis Arms going to his right, Kevin McCullough cutting to the basket, easy layup potentially, or worst case scenario, you're in a foul and you missed the layup and you go to the free throw line. So that's kind of what I want to see. I, I, we've seen it in terms of the no middle defense. They're running the same thing down at, te- or at Texas, same thing that Texas Tech is running. But I think Texas Tech in terms of just the talent level in terms of the roster from one to whatever number you want to go down to, respectfully, I'd probably say 10 on the roster. Texas Tech has a better one through 10 overall than Texas does. Texas probably has some, they have some good players. Don't get me wrong. I think um, Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr, they're hoopers. I mean, they're really, really good. Um, But if you can limit Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr and limit their production to the last five seconds of the shot clock and force them to take highly contested jump shots which the motion offense does get a lot of just because it's not very good and they they play really slow down in texas i think that that's what they really need to do and um yeah man i think i think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fight and sorry i got distracted somebody just sent me a picture or a video of the students flipping off coach beard on the bus so that was pretty cool um wow what about you man you got anything to say man no man i have to agree with you on that like said you know um like I said, I really think it comes down to to execution. They they doing the same thing. I think our players are um, a little better, um, but I think it comes down to execution. Like uh, my boy Ricky said, whoever shows up to play, someone told me a long time ago, uh, it's not the X's and O's, it's Jimmy's and Joe's. So I'm excited. I think we uh, have the Are you a coach or something? Are you a coach? I try to be. I try to be. Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that, that X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's things gave it away. Hey, Lyle, Lyle, I, that was another question I wanted to reach out to you because I know that you played in some big time atmospheres out there. You know, big time players make big time plays in big time games. Kind of walk us through the mindset of what it's going like, going to be like to be prepared for this game and also with this atmosphere. Um, because you know our our players are so much older. We got a lot of seniors and on this on this team and played it with this atmosphere and kind of just walk us through that man i think definitely in, in the in the back of your mind you know you know how big the game is you know what comes with it uh, i don't care what anybody says that's one of those things that you're not going to get out of your mind you're going to go knowing like we knew it was college game day and like there's you know look over to your right see lee corso like I mean, you're gonna know what's going on. You're gonna kind of be excited about it. Um, But I think the mindset, once the game starts um, for those guys, I think um, it's like every other game once the game starts, you know? Like when we ran out the tunnel, you know, I hear 100,000 people first snap, it kind of fades away. So um, I think as a mindset of those players, they know how big of a game it is. But I also think um, that they've been trained. They do this so much. I know. Um, Coach Adams has prepared those guys, even Coach Beard has prepared those guys for every single thing that they need to know about the game. Um, And like these guys have been playing their whole life, so they know how the game goes. But I just think it comes down to um, 
execution and poise. And I think poise is the biggest one because, like I said, you can get into those moments. Um, you know, you can get into those moments and try to do too much. I've seen it before. Um, and even though the game is a big game, if you do what you're supposed to do and your teammates do what you're supposed to do, um, then it usually works out. Now, your best players are going to have to make plays and make shots. You know, we're going to have to. But at the end of the day, I think their mindset, they know um, they know once the game gets started what they need to do. I just think um, it's the poise about it, who can have the most poise. Because like I said, you know, like uh, RC said, it's a game of runs. So somebody can get hot and, and roll and keep it going. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, at the at the end of the game, just like the Final Four, when we got beat, it came down to execution. You know, one play, uh, someone not doing what they're supposed to or whatnot. I don't know, man. Already got hit in the nuts, man. Yeah, it, I mean, we got cheated for sure, but <laughs> I'm your hard I, got, I always got to bring up the, 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 the nut tap of Kyle guy. Yeah, they was wrong for that. They knew better than that. But I just think it comes down to execution, man. I'm, I'm excited. And I, like I said, I think, like I said earlier, the advantage for us is we have veteran players, and I think we have a little better, not a little, we have better players than they have uh, and more depth. So uh, I'm excited to see, but at the same time, you never know. Um, I bet you if you would did the odds of us beating Texas back in the day, um, it probably would have been pretty far apart. So you never know what could happen either. But like I said, I, I feel real confident what Coach Adams is doing, how he's got those guys playing, and also those players. You could just tell they want it. Um, they're very tough. And, I mean, that's that's I mean, there's not a lot of teams across the country that have that. So, like I said, it, it, different people step in there and, and uh, do what they're supposed to do. So I think they'll be ready to go. Man, we've been on here for an hour and a half, bro. I love it. Got to give the people what they want. And apparently, Kirby Hocutt for 10 minutes, too, and Red Raider Sports and all those people. I saw a bunch of Texas Tech format. We still got one in here, Dr. Thompson. He's Urban Texas finest right there. Hey, you know, shout out to you, Doc. You know who also is uh, from Irving, Texas? Who? That coach tomorrow night. You already know. Crazy enough. I got a crazy story before we get out of here. I did not know this until the last year that my grandma, nah, that's not true. When was, when did Coach Beard get hired? 2015? I believe so. Whatever year it was. April 2016. Yeah. There we go. Okay. I remember this, uh, this moment between my grandma and myself. She was like, the announcement was coming out. It made news here in Dallas-Fort Worth, and I was home uh, for a little bit. And she was like, oh, wow. This is going out there? I was like, how the hell you know him on a first-name basis, Grandma? And she was like, well, his parents live right down the street. And I was like, what? So apparently, my grandma and Coach Beard's parents were good friends for a long time because he, too, was from Irving, Texas. And he grew up, apparently, uh, a few houses down from where I grew up. Learn some new shit every day, Lyle. Everybody ain't able. It must have been with the three-story homes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't be doing that. Oh, my bad. I won't tell anybody else. No, no. It it wasn't three stories. I can tell you that. Got him. We were lucky to have three bedrooms, Lyle. Hey, I know about that, brother. What you got to do sometimes. I appreciate everybody hopping on, Lyle. You have fun tomorrow night at that big game. Hey, man, shout out to everybody, man. Nothing but love. Shout out to URC, my brother. Enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I appreciate everybody hopping on here.
We'll have it posted over on Spotify if you want to go listen to it again. Again, that's the the Back to 12 podcast. We're getting up there. I believe, Lyle, by the way, we can check how many people are following us on uh, Spotify. We're pretty that's close crazy. to 200. Hey. We're, we're pretty close to 200. Okay, so I need some people to help me out here. Let's get to 200 over there in terms of followings and rate the podcast over there. Kirby Hocutt's listening. No doubt. I think. I think. Lyle just needs to send that text afterwards. So there you go. Again, that's Lyle. I'm RC. I appreciate everybody listening. Again, this was the Twitter space. I'll be back tomorrow night talking about this. If you're in Dallas and you're listening to this, I'd love to have a beer with y'all tomorrow night. Again, for Lyle, I'm RC. Appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, stay safe. But my-